0: Bluey fresh on the Bay. Welcome to the All or Nothing podcast. Where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game, and I'm your host, Rodrigo Belong. Now, our next guests are social entrepreneurs that have created a product that could impact millions of entrepreneurs the world now if you've ever been to a developing nation you probably come across people that are selling different products or food out of a portable cart and millions of families still make a living this way but there hasn't been much improvement in this area in a lot of these different countries these workers aren't viewed as entrepreneurs that are contributing to the city which in turn affects the ability to work with banks and what makes it worse the police can seize their goods at any time So our next guest created a solar vending cart that not only puts the worker in a position to be more productive by giving them access to solar energy, but it also puts them in a position to become independent contractors in their city and operate as a business. This episode, we have the founders of Musana Cart, led by Natalie Bittator, Renan Lavad, and Cascade Kabuda. So let's get right into it and tell us what sparked this idea and what opportunities did you see early on?
1: So I think what sparked the idea is exactly what you mentioned, is the gap between this edge all business, which is a street vending activity, and the lack of interest or investment in general into it. So uh, three of us had the chance to live around street vendors or to travel around the world and met some of them. And each time we have to deal with them, we see how these guys are very hard workers and they are like an essential part of the street landscape and urban landscape in big cities but yet they are not integrated into the system. Mm. They don't have the same benefit as someone living in the formal industry. uh, Even though they represent like two-thirds of the workers in the world so we were a bit like shocked about this data and we really realized that there is a big potential and as social entrepreneur we see like opportunities in this kind of untapped markets where nobody pay a lot of attention
0: you mentioned that these workers are working outside the system which translates to them working illegally this not only puts them at risk of losing their inventory to local police but they also don't have the financial records in place to show banks that they're generating income so How does the Musanikart help them not only legalize their business, but grow it too?
2: Working with the Kampala City Council, which is a big um, influencing force within the city. After our first few rounds of field research, we realized that's the biggest worry for the street vendors. Because so many of them are illegal and working in the informal economy, every time an enforcer finds them, they have their goods seized or their stoves taken away, or they have to pay a bribe or they get arrested and they can spend up to two months in jail. Mm -hmm. So that was their major problem. The ones who had capital were scared to invest more money in their business because it's so volatile. You don't know how long you'll be on the street corner and when they'll come and get you. Mm -hmm. So we've been working with the city council. We did some interviews there with them to see what their issues are with street vending. Because it's such a popular means of business in Kampala, so many people get their food, their clothes, their daily wares from street vendors. They can't eradicate them and there's over 100,000 of them in the city. So they told us the kind of issues they have about traceability and accountability. They're not legal. There's issues with theft. Africa is having a problem with terrorism right now, so they need to know who is working where. Mm -hmm. And then we came up with the solution so that we can be a bridge between the city council and the vendors. Some of the vendors are illiterate. Some of them are too scared to go to KCCA. They don't even know how to start the legalizing process. So we're trying to come up with a streamlined version of this and sort of hold their hands through it and then they can get their KCCA sticker and put it on their cart. So when the enforcers walk around the markets and the streets, they know if you have a Masana cart with your KCCA sticker and an ID number, you're legal. So this will give them the freedom to operate without fear and then they can increase their revenues.
0: I want to switch gears and ask a question directly over to Natalie because since you've graduated in 2013, You've created three different companies. Now, most people come out of school looking for a new job and a good industry, but you took a completely different approach. You've been looking for new ways to improve current industries, and you've built solutions to help solve them. Now, for our listeners who are looking to grow or start a business, give them some insight into your approach. What are some of the things that you focus on to make sure that there's a market for your product, but also it gets off the ground successfully?
2: So for the market, I would say, you look for the problems. It sounds a bit negative, but I hear people's pains. So coming from a business family, my parents are entrepreneurs. They've been my whole life. We tend to look at things with a different approach. Instead of seeing the good in everything, which is wonderful, you should be grateful and appreciate it. But you also see the issues, the gaps, the holes. When you travel a lot, you also start to see the differences. Growing up in Uganda and England, the contrast is so stark. And I've been aware of that my whole life. But the gap is so big, you don't even know where to start. But once you start breaking it down into small industries or everyday things, and like everyone's routines and things that people have to do often, you start to see where the holes are. Where some countries have something and some don't. Or where things are different, but they don't need to be this bad. We never really looked at street vending as an example. But once we did, you see the problems. If you ask someone who does something every day, they know the most about it. So you can't come in from an outside perspective and think you see the issues that someone who does something every day does. You need to ask them their opinion. What do they like about their job? What do they find challenging? And then you start to see the gaps and the holes. And with a business background, you can sort of fill them up. Um, I would say about execution, a team has been the one of the greatest helps with my different businesses. To have a different combination of skills and diversity with experience and passion within the team has been what's propelled the different businesses forward. You need someone who understands the industry because coming from a business background, that's the more generic side. You need to know how to operate a business and think of the different departments and sort of put on the different hats, but you also need someone with industry experience who can sort of navigate the way for the business to go forward. You need people who are passionate and who are excited to do what you're doing. The dedication is something that I've been so grateful to always have with the people I'm working with, someone who wants to be there. The other thing that's important is the persistence. You have to keep going. It's really, really not easy, and it doesn't happen overnight like you see in movies. It's every day, one step at a time, with lots of setbacks, lots of challenges, but you keep moving forward, and eventually you look back and you've cleared and gone quite a far way ahead.
0: My next question is for Anand. You're the strategic lead at Musana, and your team has done a great job utilizing different partnerships to help deliver the best product. What advice would you give our audience when it comes to leveraging partnerships and the resources around them to grow their business?
1: As um, an early stage startup, I think we learn to believe through the process that we are the experts of our company which seems maybe obvious, but when you speak with partners who, uh, who have a big experience, who are, have a lot of expertise, you can tend to trust that judgment, you know, and, and like to say, okay, they are right and we will follow them. But I think it's important to remember you at the end of the day that you are the expert and you have to take the decision. Even if the partner in front of you is very um, talented and very famous, you have to, to stick to your core uh, values and your core mission. Uh, for example, we, we partner with uh, Design Without Borders uh, on the ground in uh, Uganda, and we, we really like the partnership with them. Uh, they really help us with design. They, they give us the expertise in terms of design, but we also bring them some stuff. So I think it's important to see this win-win relationship in a partnership um, just to stick to your core vision
2: and value.
0: As a business owner, you can have a great product, but you still need to get it into the customer's hands. So I want to direct my next question over to KSK. You handle the marketing and branding for your team. And I assume that with this product, most of your customers are going to be coming from emerging markets. With that being said, those countries don't have the infrastructure and resources that developed countries have. So in your opinion, what are some of the challenges and opportunities you see marketing in that type of commercial market?
1: Most people in Uganda use feature phones and listen to the radio, not watch TV. 60% of population doesn't have access to electricity. We can't use the same strategies as we use in San Francisco or other developed countries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A great opportunity we have is the power of word of mouth within these small communities in Kampala. Once we build a positive brand image and raise awareness of Musana cards in one group, the news will be passed to others very quickly. Even though they, have, they don't have much access to electricity and the internet, they trust each other. So this way is very powerful for marketing.
0: That was a lot of good information. I want to thank Cass K Manon, and Natalie for being on our show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, make sure you follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Tidal. That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing. We bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Balone.